This is a podcast about stuff that is gay. If you came here for the gay stuff, then you came to the right place. For the boys and the men, for the they's and the thems, for the gays and the girls, and the women in STEM. TV, movies, and books. Speak out. Our agenda's got the goods. Speak out. All the things you want to know. Speak Tune in to Speak Out Radio. Kia ora guys, uh, you're listening to Speak Out on 106.1 FM and we are here, um, a little cluster of us are here, uh, to ramble a bit about um, queer experiences in secondary schools. So I'm Thomas Going, I use he, him pronouns and I'm here with two fantastic other people Kia ora, who are guys. going to jump in. <laughs> Kia ora, I'm Lucy. <laughs> Um, I use she, her, and they, them pronouns, and um, yeah, I'm based in Te Whanganui Atara, uh, in central Wellington, and um, yeah, just really happy to be here with you guys. Uh, hi, I'm Jamie, I use they, he pronouns, and I'm currently a New Zealand secondary school student. Fantastic, so that is the little clustery crew we've got together, all of us here in Wellington, all of us at um, various stages, um, and here just to kind of ramble about the great queer experience at secondary school um wherever we sit on that um so that should be we're just gonna do this in a very unprofessional very uh whiff waffly way and we're gonna see where that conversation leads us and hopefully you'll still be here with us at the end of it cool sounds great um yeah we've kind of had this conversation is going to be pretty loose and um yeah we're just gonna see how it goes we don't have a lot of like specific talking points but we um all three of us have slightly different experiences um and we're all kind of at different stages of our lives even though we're all pretty young still um I'm 24 and I've been so I've been out of high school for almost seven years and um yeah Thomas is like one year out of high school and Jamie's still at high school so um yeah I guess like a lot of it will be related to just um our personal experiences and what we feel comfortable sharing and um yeah I guess we'll just go from there yeah so that's it, a pretty interesting um split actually having having Lucy out of um high school for so long uh now I say so long that makes Lucy sound very very old I swear that's <laughs> that's, <okay. laughs> that's that's probably it's it's pro it does it's not quite that bad it's fine it's all good um but no it is definitely interesting um in the conversations we've had so far um the the amount of change that has happened over what's it seven or so years yeah 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 um so i think that's a really exciting thing to acknowledge H, is that we have made a lot of progress by the sounds of things um well not enough progress but a level of progress um over the last seven or so years um particularly in the area of things like health education and sex ed um because what were you saying before, Lucy? It was pretty almost not there to some degree, um, particularly around queer communities and around rainbow students. Um, definitely. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess I can I can do a little spiel. Um, so I went to two different secondary schools. Um, I grew up in the Wairarapa and also in Whangarei. So I went to an all-girls school for a couple of years and then I went to a co-ed college um for the kind of my senior years of high school and um yeah I guess for me it's quite interesting thinking back to that time because I 
like have known I was queer for a pretty long time but I wasn't out in high school and that was yeah just partly due to there weren't really many people who were and it was not a very safe or comfy environment to be yeah to like identify like publicly or like even just kind of amongst like extended groups of friends as being queer or rainbow or um yeah or trans or anything so yeah it's interesting thinking about like how for me it wasn't that long ago but yeah even in terms of yeah thinking about like sexuality education um how I just don't recall any mention from health teachers of um rainbow experiences or identities being taught in health education and it's yeah it's quite interesting hearing how obviously there's a really long way to go but it's has like a natural space of time things have accelerated a bit and I think there's a more of a general knowledge um being kind of developed in teachers and also just students as well um yeah yeah so that was kind of like an overview of of me but um yeah maybe Jamie did you want to give a little talk about kind of where you are at the moment and what things are like for you yeah, I would say that in terms of, like, health and sexuality education in school, in high school we really only had it in years 9 and 10 when PE and health was compulsory. But I think it's come away in terms that it's mentioned, but I don't think it's comprehensive enough and there's not really any kind of exploration into... Like, it's we just kind of get told that, you know, queer people exist, but that's about it. And I think that there needs to be more exploration to like queer experiences and how like sex can differ and what types of protection that you might need to use and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you feel like it's kind of a bit of a like, oh, and this, or like as an add-on rather than like actually like woven throughout it? I feel like it is included, just not to the level that it should be. And I do think that even in terms of like straight sex education, there's still some way to go in terms of, actually addressing like what happens during sex and things about that because you kind of just get told you know sex is a thing and you know you should use a condom or else you get pregnant or whatever like that and I think that's mostly kind of it like I think that definitely safer sex would happen a lot more if there was more education about it in schools yeah it's, it sounds very similar to um, the Wellington College experience when it comes to sex ed, right? Because it's only there in years 9 and 10. Health stops being mandatory after that, so you're only getting it for those two years. Um, it's pretty, um, I want to say surface level to some degree, in that it doesn't go into a lot of depth um, on any level, on, on, regardless of um, whether you're straight or whether you're um, gay. It doesn't go too much into into anything really it's it is just the the basics of this is a condom this is how to put it on this wooden <laughs> educational sex toy that we're going to give you um and and, and it, yes um rainbow sex um is very very rarely mentioned um and that's something that um there's definitely still a lot of progress that needs to happen there i remember there was one of the weirder things i ended up doing last year we went along to um um, the Deputy and Associate Principals Association meeting. I didn't know that existed, but they have a club that they go to and they talk about things. Um, and they plonked myself and a friend of mine from Wenton Girls College on there to talk about um, sex ed and the health curriculum because we're doing a bit of work in that area. And sitting there in this room full of middle-aged deputy principals all like Wellington looking them in the eye and telling them 
gay sex happens and you need to talk about it um was a very <laughs> a very interesting experience yeah. um i had something kind of similar is that me and my friend who were, we were both queer we walked into the end of a health class once mm-hmm. and they were talking about different identities and we just kind of went along and added a bunch more to the board because they just kind of had that whole gay, bi, trans, and that was kind of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Here are your options. (laughs) 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 Not quite how it works, is it? (laughs) No, no. But yeah, it's very, very surface level. It's interesting to hear that Mm. um, that seems to be a pretty common experience. It's not just a a Wellington College thing because there's definitely a few hits at there. I think also there needs to be more sex education, yeah. like up to a further level. Because when you know 13, 14, you kind of know that sex is a thing, but you don't really have any kind of, you know, you don't have any experience, you don't usually want to, and you still are quite, like, naive and young about it. And I think once you get to, like, 15, 16, 17, when you're actually, like, considering exploring stuff, it's much more important that when you want to learn, exactly. you get that exactly. You're there, you're... People are doing mm-hmm. it. It is an active part of your life when you're there in the latter half of secondary school, or at least it can be for some people. Um, so it's it's important that that, that education is there. Um, in fact, it might even be more important that it's there at the latter half than it is at the beginning. Um, but that gets to... Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll get a lot of... I've had these conversations with um, senior leadership teams at Wellington College, and they sit there and go, oh, we don't have room in the timetable, or we've got to rejig... Um, all of this stuff in order to actually fit that in because of course in the senior school you're sitting um, your NCA qualifications and all of that um, for schools to set aside a period or two during during the day to actually have um, those conversations would be I think incredibly helpful um, and then making sure those conversations are a bit more than just the surface level yeah definitely yeah it's really um yeah I guess like when schools are saying things like oh in senior school we don't have like time to do that or we can't like fit it into the timetable it is almost like kind of true because it's not just that school like it's the way everything is structured and it all goes back <clears throat> it all goes back to like curriculum and um how uh health education is yeah it's only year yep. nine and ten if i'm if i'm right in that guys like mm. that you have to do it and after that it's like optional and that was the same. Yeah, you are. And um, yeah, like how it's almost like yeah, I yeah, they would have to really change something, and it should be done. But they would really have to change something about how things are structured in order to make it um something that anybody of any like age or year group can access. I think that we used to have like an outside provider come in and talk to the year twelves. Um, at some point but that hasn't happened for the last few years because of COVID but I think that even putting it like an educational video or like a forum where you can ask questions in something like form time or arco time or the different things that schools have because then it doesn't actually take away from class time but it's still kind of pleasant. Yeah I think that we, we had similar conversations to that back when I was at Wellington College they're going oh we've got this thing that it was called call time back then um, but problem with that was that people just didn't bother turning up to that because they saw it as kind of useless and it was at the start of the day. So if you start putting, the issue for us was sitting there going, if we put sex ed into there, then that's not actually going to reach the broader community that it needs to reach because people are just going to keep doing what they've always been doing and not turn up. 
Um, yeah, that's fair. So it, it becomes, and different schools would do it differently because different schools have their form time at different times. Like Wellington College, we had ours in the morning, um, and so it was very easy for we people to not We have ours in the middle up. of the day. Yeah, yeah. So that's a if it's um, if it's in the middle of the day like that, then it's probably a better time to do it. It's a bit easier for people. To, it's a bit di- harder rather for people to miss it or to drop out and to skip it. Um, so it all depends on how the schools manage things which is where it gets a little bit interesting, right? That um, students actually, um, if they're interested in this sort of thing, they really need to be pushing their senior leadership teams because um, they're unlikely to do it on their own. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was just, I was thinking about that, just as you said that, Thomas, that um, a lot of the time it feels like I, when I was at school, there wasn't like a QSA or like a rainbow group or anything like in either of my schools at least like not that I remember but it almost feels like from what I've heard from people recently is that sometimes those groups feel like they're the ones trying to drive things and make things happen (laughs) and it's coming from the students themselves which I feel like I guess it's cool (laughs) but also it's not really fair you know and it's like a a lot to put on groups of young people who are like you know like just figuring themselves out and also like I mean, like, I don't know. I just feel like professionals, (laughs) like teachers and, um, yeah, like school staff. I don't know. I think they just need to, they need to be having these conversations as well. And I feel like that's not happening enough. I think that some teachers are pushing for stuff like this, but either they're not being heard or there aren't enough of them. Because my year nine health teacher was pushing for more, like, education around this stuff, but then, like, she left the school the next year and nothing actually came, like, of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that none of the teachers are doing it, but I think that maybe it's just not getting the attention that it deserves. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting situation, though, and I do kind of agree with you. On the one hand, um, we are students at the end of the day. Uh, we are there to be learning and to be preparing ourselves for whatever comes next for us in life. Um, on the other hand, um, the student voice is a really, really powerful one. Um, and so students use it. It's really exciting to see students actually they're going, you know what, we've kind of had enough of the relatively garbage system that we have at the moment. Um, here's how we think you guys could be doing your job better. Um, and that's one of the best ways to get teachers to pay attention to that. Because at the end of the day, teachers are, at the very least, in their late 20s and at the very end of the spectrum, right, they're nearing retirement age, if not over. Um, so to expect teachers to understand um, the present needs of the students is pretty, it's a pretty phenomenal expectation to have of a of a very adult teacher to have that, um, have that understanding. Um, so there's a little bit that does go on the students to have a, have a voice, use that voice, be firm with that voice, but the school needs to provide platforms for that voice to be heard. Um, and a lot of schools don't do that so well. They're not very good at um, providing a mechanism for students to have that voice heard, if that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds a little bit waffly, I know. No, but... <laughs> I definitely agree with you. I do think that they're, like, it is kind of like teachers' jobs to like to understand students experiences though like that's part of their job yeah. you know and yeah. I feel like because I'm also a teacher um well I'm not yeah. currently a teacher, a teacher right <laughs> now but I'm like I'm trained as a teacher and I have worked as one for a few years 
and a lot of it is like really knowing like knowing the people that you're working with and what they need like you can't be basing all of the things that you're um like providing or like creating or spaces you're making on like oh I think this would be good I think that this is what students need because you're probably just not actually really reaching people if you're just thinking about it that way um so yeah it's definitely like a a balance between everybody (laughs) but um yeah I'm just looking because we have a second part of our zoom session um Mm. that we're wanting to start so we might maybe if we can wrap up the segment and then we can start um bringing in uh our new segment absolutely yeah absolutely um so yeah we've got what three minutes left on the timer here (laughs) um so yeah that's been a pretty that's a good that's a really good conversation i think that we've had though around um around the role that students Mm. and schools have when it comes to delivering education in general, not just good sex education, but just the support mechanisms that we need for our rainbow students. Um, And it's, those are conversations that I think every school needs to be having within their own communities. Because every school, at the end of the day, every school is different. Every school operates differently, um, but they all need to be providing those tools um, to understand sex and health um, and to understand that through a rainbow mm. lens and a rainbow context. Definitely. Um, and I feel like it should be, you know, everybody, like all students in schools should have equal opportunities to access that information and those spaces and those support. It shouldn't just be the schools who are like, have more out queer students or students who are willing to like put, kind of put themselves out there to advocate for things that are the ones who are able to access you know, like those spaces or those that yeah, support definitely. or information. It just needs to be regardless, ideally, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. We will be back very soon. <laughs> and we're back. Kia ora. There we go. Hello. And the reason for our break is that we have um, we set up two separate Zoom links that both have forty minute limits because because yep. we're all students and we you know we don't want to pay for Zoom we yep. just want it to we're <laughs> going to make it work for us so that's what we did. That's going to be great. Um, yeah, I think so. Eh? Yeah. So yeah, well, I something that we were talking about just before just before we started recording was how um, yeah just like queer friendships or like. Um, supportive friendships that you can kind of form while you're at school and um yeah I guess in my experience I like wasn't like out or um even really to my friends throughout high school um but I did have the experience of still forming kind of like multiple like at different schools as well like queer friendship groups where like quite a lot of us um ended up um coming out or like uh, having quite similar experiences to each other, like after we, after a few years or kind of like a little bit down the track. So I don't know, I found it kind of interesting that even though I wasn't like outwardly putting anything out there, we still kind of managed to find each other. And um, yeah, I think that was one of the best experiences for me at school was just being able to form those communities, you know? It seems to be a pretty common theme because I remember in year 10, year 10 was a very strange year for me, but basically we we were i was in an accelerate science class which is odd because i 
do not do science anymore. But um, longer the short of it is, um, we had this friend group that would form and that formed in this class. Um, and I was I was pretty out at that stage. And then when it came to English, we had the English speeches, and I went, okay, right, what are you going to do an English speech about? We go and talk about Wellington College and how it doesn't do a lot for the Rainbow community. Goodness gracious me, the entire little cluster that we had basically came out with the exception of the one token straight. Um, so it's <laughs> it was it's one of those weird little things, right? You almost inadvertently form this little cluster and by um, and at some stage you suddenly realize actually you're not quite as all 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 as heterosexual as you thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> I never really had like a big friend group, but all of my close friends are either like queer or like allies obviously because I'm not going to be friends with people who are not allies but <laughs> yeah. I think what's quite interesting is the bonds that you form with other queer people even if you're not mm. like yeah. very close like when I started mm. testosterone last year I like told all of my trans friends even if they like weren't particularly close and yeah. just stuff like laughing each other's jokes in class is often quite funny and kind of having that kind of a bit of a relationship with them even if you're not like close friends mm. yeah yeah, it's it's a really important thing to have, I think, because the the longer the short of it, I think, I think, and I think pretty much everyone will agree here, whether they're part of the Rainbow community or not, is high school is a very terrifying place. You're lobbed together in a school of like, I mean, Wellington College was eighteen hundred people. Um, you don't necessarily know all of them. You don't necessarily know any of them. You're kind of all lobbed in there in this melting pot together, and you've got to kind of figure things out. So it does kind of make sense that um, inadvertently or maybe quite advertently, I don't know, um, little queer pockets start to appear. Um, I mean, particularly in a school like Wellington College, um, where it's um, pretty, um, it appears pretty hostile um, to the queer community, whether it's whether it's trying to be or not. Um, there have been phases where it has been pretty, senior management has been pretty clear in being a little bit hostile, and that's relatively dead these days. But... Um, in those sorts of environments, you get these little pockets of um, of of wholesome friendships that form, which is very. That's a really cool thing to have, I think, at high school, and I think it's very important that um, people can find those and form those. Mm, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's um, and it helps you get through things as well, because being, I mean, when you're looking at the secondary school age years that you're that that you're there, like say, thirteen through to eighteen. Um, that's when, pardon my French here, shit is happening. Um, you're, you're going through that process of mm -hmm. um, self-discovery to some degree, um, which is a thing that goes on throughout your entire life, to be fair, but it usually comes to a head at secondary school. You've got all of this very important academic stuff going on where you're setting yourself up for life, um, and you've got this, or you've got all of the shit happening with um, finding yourself. Um, some support mechanism to lean back on is incredibly important yeah definitely I definitely agree I think for me um I I guess I like it's quite interesting because I wasn't like out in high school but I not because I like kind of not because I just didn't feel comfortable but also just because I hadn't quite like I feel like I hadn't quite like formed coherent, a coherent understanding of myself and I had a lot of other kind of um, challenges yep. going on with like mental health mm. and family and religion and things like that um, and I felt like 
it was quite interesting like kind of understanding myself more after I actually went to uni it was actually yeah once I like left home that I started to yeah like kind of like blossom more into myself (laughs) and um but still being able to come back and like make like connect to these Mm -hmm. people who knew me you know in high school and actually kind of like reflecting on things together and seeing um yeah seeing stuff and seeing it differently um with yeah just kind of being out of the environment so I definitely think there's probably yeah like there'll be so many people out there who aren't really able to have those kind of um pockets of queer friendship or like being able to be open about themselves when they're in school and um that's really rough and I think hopefully like I really hope for those people that like they'll get to a place once they have a bit more independence maybe or a bit more like ability to kind of um yeah to have it's almost like have um a bit more autonomy or choice over the kind of spaces they're in that they can kind of find themselves and like allow themselves to kind of grow um yeah or like come into themselves a bit more but everyone at their own pace it's some like it's a lifelong journey all of the time that's a really good point that you've just brought up there lucy actually and it's something that we're seeing well that i'm seeing kind of here at the moment being in a hall is that there's so many people who have come to wellington from all parts of the country from uh from places like fielding from levin um from um taranaki um from all over the place um who have come to wellington um and have had this incredible blossoming phase of um, realising that actually there's not a lot there that's stopping them being who they are, and they've really embraced that. It's a really exciting opportunity for them. Um, And so on the one hand, it's a fantastic thing to watch um, and to be a part of um, a a supporting wholesome community around them. Um, And it's really quite epic to to see people... um, coming in and being who they really are on the other hand you've got to sit there and wonder um how many years of high school have they had to endure not being that um how how long have they had to yeah. cage that i think there's a certain amount of privilege that like me and thomas have for, like growing is. up in wellington and like people growing up in like big cities often do have the proximity yep. to queer people or like queer events and i know that like there's like wellington pride and heaps of charities in those to cities but i think if you grow up in like rural new zealand then it's probably going to be yeah. very different well, wellington itself i think is quite unique in being uh, i think it's generally regarded as the queer capital of new zealand right it's a uh, um I, I, I think maybe i've just pulled that out of my ass i don't know it's a pretty um it's always been a pretty um a pretty rainbow friendly city to some degree there's a lot of work that needs to be done it's certainly nowhere near perfect um but we're certain we've we've got a better I, I do think we've got a better a better reputation around that um but yeah generally speaking our urban centers are are better at those sorts of things and there's a um there is a certain privilege that you and i both have and it's it's mm. good to be aware of that and to recognize that i think um when thinking about um, these issues, because it's very, it's very easy for us to forget um, parts of the country that we don't necessarily think about that much. Um, 
sorry i think that like online queer communities are also really important because like if yep. no one's out of your high school but then on your phone you've got like an lgbtq plus discord or something where you can yeah. actually talk to like other queer people can be like really powerful well it, it builds bridges and it makes the distance gap uh, um irrelevant really um which is really exciting that's one of the very cool things that's come out of um this modern day and age we live in. I sound like an 80-year-old man when I say that. Um, any, any, anyone... It is cool. It though. is very cool. That wasn't there when I was at school. <laughs> Which was not that long ago. That's super cool. I think that, I think you too, I hear what you're saying, but also, I also feel like there's definitely certain experiences that people who are out in high school, like negative and hard experiences, yeah. will have had, even though maybe they felt like they could be a bit more open about themselves, but then also there's like, often like experiences with that come with that like yeah even if your school is like super progressive in lots of ways it's still not gonna mean that you don't often have those experiences exactly. and so i feel like i didn't really have much of those really negative experiences because i just yeah i just wasn't out in school like there were definitely some that i had but i think if i had been open about things and i do remember yeah kind of like seeing or knowing about other people's experiences who were more open about their sexuality or gender that were just like I can't even compare my experience to that because I just kind of keep things under wraps and like I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but it, yeah it's just really different eh? mm. everyone can have such such different experiences absolutely and um there's so much diversity within like the rainbow and takatapui yeah. communities that like of course, like, yeah, there's just going to be a million different ways to, to do things mm. and how you feel and, like, identities and kind of what comes from that. And I feel um, like there's lots of differences in the experiences that people have, even if they're all queer. Like, for mm. example, all three of us are white, so we've never had the experience of being a queer person of colour. And even being yeah. trans, like, talking to just my, like, gay friends, the experience differs. And I think at this point... It's pretty accepted just to be, like, especially, like, a gay white guy or something like that. And yeah. when you have your more, like, like less known identity, it's also mm. a lot harder. I think it's just about yeah. being there and listening. I mean, this is it's similar to this, this is basically what, we've, what I've had to do at Wellington College. Because I was, again, I've, I have been fortunate of being able and comfortable to be very, very out. Um... A, because I have come from a very supportive background, and B, because I'm a pretty self-confident person in general, and I have the good fortune to um, be pretty comfortable with myself, even if people are shit-talking me behind my back. Um, but it's listening to the people who aren't in that situation. So in building um, things like a QSA at Wellington College, um, listening to um trans students at Wellington College and figuring out, okay, actually, there's all sorts of issues going on here that were completely unknown to me. Um, how do we go about um, resolving those? How do we go about trying to um, begin to resolve those? And none of them are really resolved, but there's, um, it's a whole nother world that you have to um, open yourself up to. Um, experiences that you wouldn't necessarily know are there, that you wouldn't necessarily think about beforehand. Um, so yeah, it's just about keeping an open mind, I think, and trying to work together and build a broader collective knowledge base mm. that you can use to try and make life 
um, as good as it can be for as many people as possible, which sounds way grander and bigger picture than I meant to when it started off like that. Yeah. But that's <laughs> um, that's kind of what we're doing in our own little worlds and little bubbles, um, is just trying to make things a little bit more wholesome for the people around us, irrespective of their um, experiences. Mm. And I think I, when I was thinking of what I just said, like it's still going to be harder to be a queer person no matter what kind of mm. queer person you are. And Definitely. what makes it stronger is when we all support each other, right? And that's, and like, that, and that's why it's so important yeah. that, that schools have uh, – that schools make that possible um, rather than just sitting there and hoping that this sort of happens through osmosis or hoping that um, – stars randomly align and that something happens um as communities schools need to try and be as welcoming and as open to those ideas and concepts um as they can be um which is i think probably where the biggest changes have come in the last few years um is schools are starting to um just recognize that rainbow students are there and that there is um work to be done in that environment I mean, it's um, going back to that um, comparison between when Lucy was at school and when we were at school, um, or even just narrowing it down, like between when I was in year nine and when I was in year 13. When I was in year nine, um, we had our headmaster at the time at Wellington College um, was generally well regarded as being pretty conservative, pretty traditionalist, um, a man of his time, as people like to say. Um, and by the time I was leaving, we had... Uh, our fantastic principal, uh, Mr. Gregor Fountain, um, who brought an entirely new attitude to Wellington College, to dealing with um, rainbow issues, to dealing with anything um, well-being or student um, student well-being related. Um, the renewed focus actually looking after um, students and their well-being and their health, rather than focusing on sports and academia, um, on um, prestige on tradition, those sorts of things. Um, and that was changed that happened over three years. So it's it's interesting how those things can move so quickly and it's interesting how um, things that we might see as being very, very outdated can actually still linger for quite a long time. Because how, it was my year nine and year 10, which wasn't that long ago that we still had that pretty conservative, pretty uh, very outdated headmaster at Wellington College. And there'll be plenty of schools across the country that still have um relics like that i think also the school culture often depends a lot on how your experiences will vary yeah yeah and that culture is often set by the people at the top it's often set by um either your if you have a prefect team or if you have um your school senior leadership team your headmaster your deputies um they have a huge amount of power when it comes to school culture um, and resetting the school culture um, and it's not absolute because school culture is this very strange weird thing where um, it, it moves a bit it moves a bit like an oil tanker is the, the saying I used to use right if you want to change a culture you've got to start shifting it and then give it say maybe five ten years and it might have moved <laughs> a little a few degrees one way or the other but that generally it generally moves faster when it when you have someone at the top standing on stage sending a message um and that was i know particularly from wellington college that was the big shift from when roger moses left to when 
uh, Gregor Fanton arrived um, was the renewed focus that Mr. Fanton brought on well-being, on Oranga, um, on community, um, rather than on um, rather than on scholarship and academia. Not that the focus on scholarship and academia went away. Not that focus should ever go away. It's important. Um, but it's also a bit moot if your students aren't feeling welcome and comfortable in who they are. Definitely. I feel You're like... not going to have academic success if, the, if that's not there. I feel like just looking after, you know, the people and people feeling, you know, like reasonably even happy to be there. Like, I feel like everything goes out the window if you're not happy to be somewhere and you don't feel comfortable and, like, cared for. Like, I feel like... I mean, like, even as an adult, like, in lots of areas of your life, like, I feel like if there's something, like, with my mental health or something, like, really challenging going on, it's almost, like, that's always, like, the most important thing to address, you know? And it's really hard to kind of um, work towards other goals or, like, focus on kind of, like, uni kind of things or, like, really big picture things when you're just trying to take care of, like, how you're feeling in that present moment and just coping with things so yeah I feel like a lot of schools a lot of my school experiences at least have felt like it's like oh the focus is on the like how you're doing at school on the academic side on the work and then all the other stuff is like oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's kind of there it's like that should not be the way it is (laughs) yeah you're definitely not you're you're not going to succeed academically if you don't have if if you don't have that support around you you're all of that stuff that schools are i mean to be blunt they're they're there to make sure you succeed academically you're not going to succeed academically if you're not doing well in yourself it's going to be that much more difficult for you to achieve good results if you're not doing well in yourself, if you're not supported, if you don't have that network around you. Um, schools foster community, and whether they like it or not, there's a community in a school, and it's up to the school to ensure that that community is a positive one, um, and that's welcoming and inclusive of everyone, which is, I think, something quite a few people tend to forget. Mm. Definitely. I think, I think you're right about that, Thomas, but I also would say that, like, there's so many different ways to be successful and that to, there are. like, gain knowledge and, like, just, even just being, like, you know, a few years out of school, I just, like, the way that I see the world is so different and, like, there's so much valuable knowledge that I've learned from just being um, someone, like, being more, like, independent yeah. and being an mm. adult and, like, I feel like I really don't, like, fall into the idea of, like, if you don't like do really well in school or if you don't like get these qualifications then like your life like is like put on hold or no. you're gonna be behind <laughs> or like you just have like this so like life is so so long from being in my, in my 20s is that like you have so much time everyone has so much time and often like the most important thing is just looking after what you truly need yeah. in that time period and a, for a lot of people it will literally just be keeping themselves going yeah like having a support network keeping themselves like mentally well and like if grades and whatever kind of goes to the wayside and you can't like that shouldn't happen like obviously I wish it didn't happen but you always have to like put yourself and like your well-being first because like it's always gonna like yeah your relationships and your how you feel in yourself and that's I mean, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's not that many things that are more important than that (laughs) Mm. that I can see anyway. 
I'll, I'll rephrase a little bit what I said. It's schools need to give people the tools to succeed, whatever that might look like. Um, and those aren't going to be there if you're not doing well at yourself. Absolutely. Um, and you shouldn't yeah. be feeling like you're not able to like learn or concentrate or keep up with things. Yep. Like that shouldn't happen. No one should have to experience that. And I really, yeah, I really wish it, it, it didn't because like, mm. I feel like, yeah, learning should just be like something that people should feel able to engage with how ever they want to without feeling like they've got a million other really hard stuff to process and it, it's kind of making it so they can't and mm. it should be something that excites people to be frank people should be um if they're learning it should be something that they're interested in something that they're into something that they can get in a zone and just go with um and again if you've got um other stuff that's going on in your life that isn't um th- that that is um dragging you down um that you're not going that's that pathway to succeeding in life whatever that looks like is not is, is, is going to be that harder um so it is super important that schools have ways to support people that all too often see is schools adding to that prop adding to those outside problems which is which is not on definitely so interesting like me like just thinking about my personal kind of life and like the last year i've had so many changes that i never like saw coming and I feel like I'm yep. just slowly adjusting to that's probably just how things are just going to be forever. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like, not necessarily, but, like, especially, it, like, for me at the moment, I just feel like I just, like, keep learning lots of things and, like, lots of different kinds of learning. And, like, I keep changing my mind about things. Yep. And I keep learning more about myself that I, you know, like, I thought I figured myself out, but then, like, you don't. And I don't know. I feel like that's just... This is probably, like, not even really related, but I just had that thought, you know, like, all of this is just, like, a progression of, like, kind of learning more about yourself, feeling more comfortable with yourself, and kind of hopefully creating, like, networks of people around you who can help you with that and who, like, care about that, you know? Yeah, absolutely, and I think, actually, on, on the contrary, I think that it is actually quite quite relevant to what we're talking about here because high school secondary school it's a it's it's a phase where a lot of that is going on um you're figuring yourself out you're making those networks you're um setting yourself up in some degree to where you're going to go when you head into the adult world that the adult world i don't even know what that means that we do not I've, i've got to say being in being being in the adult world quote unquote we don't feel very adult it's me like we set the set set the ropes free it's all a bit strange but high school is a part of that journey totally and i do think also high school like kind of going back to what lucy said about when you feel like you've sorted everything out and then like there's another thing and stuff like that often when you're questioning either your sexual or gender identity i feel like that's often something that happens and know that for me personally i've come out of a lot of things before i kind of realized what I feel fully comfortable as. And I think Mm. also having the space to be able to do that safely is really important. Yeah, just to explore who you are and figure that out. And that's, I kind of had a similar thing and I got to a stage where, you know what, I'm actually just going to kind of give up on the label thing. I mean, I use, if anyone asks, I say that I'm bi and that's fine. Um, It's way more nuanced and complicated than that. Um, But it it does get to the stage where you can just kind of, where I feel quite comfortable just kind of giving up on the label and just going, that's, uh, I'm, I'm me, and that's all that there is. Um, I know that's not necessarily, there's this great there's this great debate that often, often goes on in rainbow communities around labels. Um, I don't 
really see the point of that debate. It's over to you. Um, use whatever labels you're comfortable with. That's awesome. Um, or don't use them. That's also awesome. Um, or use lots of them. Use none mm-hmm. of them. It's over to you. It's cool. It's yeah. Use multiple. Use, <laughs> use, use lots. Use, lots, yeah. use none. Yeah. Um, use some. And I think also, I have a friend who came out as like a romantic, and then he was kind of wondering if he still had a place in like the queer community. And it's like, yes, you do. If your experience differs from the norm, then you're kind of almost yeah. part of that intrinsically. And just because Absolutely. he found out that he was arrow doesn't mean that he's no longer part of yeah. the community because he doesn't like men or something. I mean, to be, to be frank, um, there's no set boundary to the community. I mean, I'd argue that allies are certainly a part of the community. Um, it's anyone, uh, uh, they're, they're there to, anyone who is, um, who either differs from the sexuality or gender norms or is, um, they're on that journey with those people i'd say as this is my hot take it doesn't have to be your hot take you can disagree it's all good um but my hot take is that they're they're part of that bubble that community as well um in a broader sense um it's not a black and white thing it's not a you're in or you're out thing it's i see it as being very gray and very loose but that's just my view on things mm-hmm. um and that doesn't that is not the view of things um and it should not be the view of things. Please don't pretend like I'm dictating things. I'm not. But <laughs> and everyone's community looks different. Like mm. the broad queer community, like the worldwide queer community is like, yeah. it's so, yeah. Like, mm. um, I don't even know how to define that at all. But like everyone's like a lot of queer people feel like they kind of have a close or like a more personal queer community that like exists around them. And maybe that's in online spaces or maybe that's like, just like one really good friend or maybe it's like in your school or maybe it's yeah a a big group of people who you hang out with all the time and like you have quite a lot of shared experiences but yeah and whatever that is like I think um those are all those are all communities and those are all important and all different and yeah and they shouldn't be exclusionary (laughs) no no it's 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 about being open and welcome and supporting the wide range of experiences that people have yeah. And that, yeah, and that's why that that's that's why it's so important to have things like QSAs in schools. Some people want to go and do events. Um, some people will want to um, sit there and talk about goodness knows what. Um, but just vibing. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I'll share something really quick before our um, Zoom time runs out. But oh, I so I worked in the intermediate <laughs> school for a couple of years and when a um, rainbow group was finally able to be set up um, I don't think anyone was really prepared for the number of people who wanted to come and attend some of the like early events and it literally was like uh, at least 150 people came to like this first oh wow (laughs) that's helping with the school it felt like a fifth or a quarter of the school it was amazing because this is what happens when people feel like they have these spaces like there's just and it's it was so cool. It made me so happy. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's been so good to talk to mm. you guys, and I feel like this is not something I've really had yeah. the opportunity to do much before, especially okay. with people who aren't in my immediate circle. So thank you so much for this. Yeah. It's been, thank yeah, you guys. been a really awesome conversation, um, and great to meet both of you, um, yeah. Lucy and Jamie. Um, for great context, we <laughs> literally had not met before we got into this um, no. Facebook <laughs> chat to organise this. So it's been really, it's been a really good experience to meet some pretty young people as well. Um, and a quick shout out to Liam um, as well, who is a genuinely awesome person um, who has um, tragically come down with a cough um, today. So 
um auto hard to liam um hopefully they get well soon awesome kia ora everyone thank you so much thanks for listening